You're listening to the ACE Love Warrior Podcast. ACE stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. I'm your host, Lena, and fellow ACE survivor. We are the ACE Love Warriors of our own being. Love has given us the strength to survive and now strive for a better life for our inner child within us all. Join me on this journey of self-love, healing, and reacquaintance with the purest form of ourselves we were born to be. you guys. I'm so sorry I've stayed away for so long. I just want to say that. I know there's people that have given me feedback about my podcast and how much it really helped them and I haven't forgotten you guys. From the very first time I posted my very first podcast that was just a fly by the seat of the pants decision that I made for myself based on wanting to do it for a long time and obviously bought equipment to do it and everything but just kind of jumped in no script no nothing and just went what the hell let's do this (laughs) and so I just really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for sticking around and huh you know just seeing what would happen next and it's been a lot a lot of months and I've had a holy hell crazy wild ride since I checked in with you last. The biggest problem was I was getting really, really sick and I couldn't figure out why I was having problems with eating food or keeping any food in me without allergic responses, weird autoimmune responses that I couldn't figure out, digestive, neurological, brain function, just you name it. And then my dog started having seizures. And my husband also was having symptoms in the house. And every time my daughter would come to visit, she would get allergic responses so bad she'd have to leave early from her visit. And so with a lot of months passing, multiple hospitalizations, all sorts of tests, I finally found out that I was exposed, and so was the rest of my family, via the HVAC system in the rental house we were in, that we were exposed to four different types of toxic mold. So it really threw me for a loop in particular, and the reason I I was the worst affected out of everybody was I found out through epigenetic testing that I have a doubled mutated MTHFR gene, which in a nutshell is responsible for filtering out any toxins that we come across in our day-to-day environment in the world, whether that's biological stuff, chemicals, etc. So I found out a lot about myself in all of this, just from process of elimination I also found out I've been really sick with multiple health conditions since I was a young child that people couldn't understand, bleeding disorders, muscle and joint problems, digestive problems, uh, just a bunch of stuff. And I found out that I also have had chronic Lyme disease since I was seven and received a tick bite that made me so ill that I was paralyzed in my neck for a time 
and was sick for several weeks and on and on with antibiotics way long ago, well, 40 years ago, actually. So we didn't know back then what we know about Lyme disease now. And even to this day, a lot of Western medicine doctors, it took me, well, they just, they don't quote unquote believe in it. I've actually had one of them tell me that. And that was supposed to be a prestigious, you know, UCSF Medical Center uh, doctor. Uh, it took me a lot of research, though, once I found out, okay, I have mold. What do I do? And then I found a functional medicine nurse practitioner in a little tiny town in Northern California, in Chico, California. Her name was Maureen Brees, B-R-E-E-S-E. And she's with Argyle Medical Group. If any of you have any issues and you're in the California area, I highly recommend her. She's a beautiful person inside and out. She's su suffered with Lyme disease for the last 11 years. And she is who has finally had the kind of combination of Western medicine and a load of natural products that is kind of slowly bringing me up out of the worst immune system assault I've ever received in my entire life. And I tell you what, uh, she inspired me because when I saw her last in July before I moved, she told me, looking at my whole entire medical history, all of my procedures, all of my co-infections to Lyme disease, that she knows people at my age who've been through this, who've actually died from co-conditions related to Lyme disease, and then adding toxic mold poisoning into that usually can literally can kill somebody, which it almost did last year. I've lost 50 pounds. I'm a size two when I used to be a pretty healthy size, like six, eight, which was to me great was a good size I felt for me and I was fine with that but wow I um I'm just really grateful I'm maintaining weight I'm not losing any more weight I'm still uh very limited on what I can eat I have a lot to share about diet and a lot to continue to share about what I'm doing in terms of trial and errors for myself and what works for me may not work for others, but I certainly feel this incredible fire inside of me and a calling to help others even more so now that I'm learning some things. In particular, I recently found out about a lady called Annie Hopper who did research due to similar issues that I've had and many of us have had like this. Um, one being that she has recognized that toxic mold and other chemical assaults to our bodies can and traumatic events, whether it's physical trauma or mental health trauma, the course of many, many events in the limbic system of our brain actually becomes an actual brain injury where our body literally has an injury in the brain and there's ways that we're learning that through neuroplastic retraining we can actually fix our mind. When I say fix, I mean just help it heal. And it's all along the lines, I think, 
of something I mentioned before Joe Dispenza teaches about how we can change our mind and our way of thinking and actually change our health and our perspective on our own person. And I do believe it's very true. So I want you to just hang in there with me. I know I've got a lot to catch you up on and I've got a lot to share with you. I've got some new books. I've got a new therapist. I have a new women's circle I recently joined where I'm learning things I want to share. And really, you know what also, you guys, it's all about our inner child. That's what I'm learning. So very many of us have not been given what our little baby girl or our little baby boy needed from our parents and the environment we grew up in, whether it was mental trauma, physical trauma, neglect, abandonment, so many variables. But what I know is that the key here is that if we go through our lives and we see that we just have to go back and grab the hand of our little girl or our little boy and pull them up out of the depths of our heart that's tucked them away deep in there and just give them the love and the parenting that they need and so deserve and so desire. And then also look at the people around us who you may have issue with, whether it's your parents that didn't give you what they needed because they too are dealing with whatever childhood residuals or what I will also refer to as ancestral trauma. Um, we're just all a bunch of little kids pinging off each other out in this world. Really, we're little kids in grown-up bodies. That's it. That's actually the key to life. And we got to let our little kids play and find joy and be happy and be forgiving and have all these spectrum of emotions and be allowed to do so freely. So just love your little. That's what I'm learning in therapy. Love your little. That's my new little saying that I'm going to carry on to you all that I, I got gifted to me from my new therapist here in my new hometown. So just hang in there, you guys. Know you're not alone and know that you can go through living hell and back more than once. I'm living proof. I swear to God. There's been times I've literally wanted to end my life in the last year, two years. But instead, I'm still here. I'm still alive. I've lost family members. I lost my, my bio daddy died of a really rare botulism infection. Suddenly, that was just completely traumatic. I've lost my dog. My only dog left was having seizures. I thought we might lose her. My husband, who's a veteran who struggles severely with PTSD, he was really feeling suicidal and having a lot of problems. And now we know it was from the house. The mold causes brain fog and psychosis in terms of depression and um, suicidal thoughts and stuff in people. It's, it's not uncommon. And um, then in the middle of all this, in addition to those losses, we lost every single belonging in our house and we have nothing and have had to start from ground zero as if we had a fire. <sighs> and then two of my husband's army buddies killed themselves in the last six months. So it's just been a holy hell shit storm of, oh my God, please stop. We can't take any more. But we're, we're surviving. We're somehow surviving. 
and we are actually starting to find joy again and learning how to do that. And it's really getting back to the roots of our littles. Like for me, I love art. I love nature. I love music. And these are all things that I can access pretty much for free or for a very small cost. Um, I also miss my human connection. And I found a inner inner beauty women's circle that has turned out to be just this sweet little gift of a bunch of other women just supporting one another and their littles out playing together and how precious that time is and it's it's just been a gift and so I'm able to see that no matter how hard things get or how many car crashes happen which by the way a car crash happened in there some idiot on their phone texting and driving rear-ended me and ruptured a disc in my neck on top of the surgery I already have there and tore a piece of my right shoulder so here I am in the midst of trying to recover from everything I just mentioned and now add in chiropractic, acupuncture, physical therapy, gym exercises, etc. And yeah, I'll just check, check, get to uh, keeping busy on self-care, huh? Oh my God. <laughs> you have to laugh. Oh, and before I forget, I have to share this wisdom from my therapist in California that I used to see. She told me I, I did phone therapy until I found a new therapist in my new town. And she told me, I said, you know what? I got a phone call to that my one of my uncles. So my dad passed and then his brother passed just weeks after him. This is all in the last few months, June of 2019 and September of 2019. <sighs> And then I get a phone call that my really sweet uncle is had a, he's had a stroke and they don't know if he's going to make it. And at the very moment in which they're rushing him into surgery and his aortic aneurysm has ruptured and his life is in the balance and I'm thinking, fuck you universe, are you kidding me? Don't you take another good person from me. I'm not having this. I'm so not having this. I'm pissed. Don't you dare take one more person or one more freaking thing from me. I'm not doing this. And she told me, she said, you know what? It's totally okay to feel that way. But might I suggest we start having a different conversation with the universe. Try something like this. Like, universe... I'm really tired. I've been through a lot lately and I just really need you to embrace me and hold me and nurture me right now. Can we just do that? Maybe we can just do that. Just, just a parting thought. Just saying. Maybe that's a different dialogue we can do, huh? What's your dialogue with the universe? Could it be gentler? Could it be an ask of kindness to yourself? Just something to think about, you guys. Just dropping that little idea in your hats. So the next thing I want to talk about is a kind of a brief overview of six steps to healing our inner child. Number one is trust. I know that's a big one for many of us because really 
when you've just had neglect, abuse, abandonment, and the whole gamut of things that have happened in your life as a child, that sticks with you in a very deep-seated psychological way. And then if that carries on into your adult life even, trust is just a really, really big thing. And when it's broken, it's hard to get it back. And it's hard to know what is safe and what is not. But one of the biggest things we can do for our, our inner child to begin the healing process is to go back in and be our own parent and our own safety net. So, of course, most of us, if we look deep in ourselves, we know we can trust ourselves. We've gotten ourselves this far, right? So that inner voice that you listen to that gives you advice and sometimes we ignore it and then we find out later, geez, I should have listened to my inner voice, my inner child, my inner person, my intuition of what was best for me or my life or my body. So learning to trust ourselves and let ourselves hold the hand of our inner child and let them know that we will be there for them and it's safe to come out of hiding. We need to be supportive. We need to offer a non-shaming ally to validate what's happened in our lives. The abandonment, neglect, abuse, and so many things that were so hard to overcome and that we survived. So that's the first and foremost vital piece to starting to look at the pain and grief is, is that piece, is trusting ourselves to grab the hold of our child and, and make sure that they're safe in there to come out and start working these things. Secondly is validation. If you tend to minimize or rationalize the ways that you were shamed, abused, ignored, neglected, or you know used to nurture your parents, you need to know now to accept the fact that these things truly did wound your your psyche your soul your spirit and your parents weren't you know all bad or maybe you feel they were but if they were and even if they were I've had some really abusive you know step parents involved in my life that caused me really incredibly deep wounds, um, both physically and mentally. And, you know, the way that I have been able to process all of that was how in the hell did they get that bad? What in God's creation happened to these people? Because, you know, as we're all born as infants and little children, we are really born in our most purest form of ourselves. And then stuff just happens that chips away at our our mind and our spirit and our bodies in a way that not everybody turns out the same obviously some people who are abused go on to abuse others some people who are abused go on to not abuse others sometimes they abuse themselves and just continue the abuse cycle by choosing abusive people in their lives because that seems comfortable but I know that one of the places that I've been able to move forward and get unstuck from the victim role into more of a survival and thriving and joyful place and even empathetic place for myself and others 
is to look at everybody as a little child. What happened to their little child? Who hit them? Who abused them? Who neglected them? And so many times you'll see that there's a history of ancestral trauma and abuse and neglect in there. So I look at their little children and I have forgiveness and I see the sadness for their little child that was hurt and then went on to hurt me. So I don't expect everybody can get to that place at the same time or can at all. But I just thought I would share that that's something that I've been doing that when I look at everybody's little kid, I have a lot more of kindness and compassion for them. That doesn't mean I have to allow abuse to continue or I have to fully forgive what they did or any of that, but it just puts me in a better place of understanding. And I don't know about y'all, but when I have an, a deep understanding for what happened and how I got there, I, I can better work through it and process it for myself and then get past it better. So... Um, just validating, you know, the inclination to want to minimize or ignore or not really talk about what happened with our parenting or adults around us that were supposed to be, you know, a parent figure but really let us down or hurt us. It's okay to, you know, feel those feelings and validate them for yourselves. It's important to validate what happened. So number three is you know, looking at shock and anger. If everything that you went through and you start looking back on it makes you angry or is shocking, that is actually a real response. I still to this day, at 47 years old, when I'm sitting in therapy and I'm having to work through some life situation that maybe I didn't handle well because I didn't get the proper tools or nurturing or proper guidance on how to work through conflict or whatever it is that I'm having a problem with and I've got to go back and reparent myself I literally get pissed off why at 47 years old should I have to go up and clean up the mess that other adults left in my life so yeah I, I get pissed I don't stay there long but sometimes I really get pissed off and then I also start thinking how shocking it all is. The stuff I've been through is stuff that you might see in a documentary or, uh, you know, a very dark satirical comedy that is actually reality of what's happened to me. And many people have said I should write a book on and maybe I'll get off my duff and do it someday. But for now, I'm just going to sit here and share with you all. But when I look back on it all, it's like, wow, I, this is bizarre. Nobody would probably even believe half of the stuff I've been through, let alone a fraction of it. So just taking a long, hard look at it and acknowledging our anger and our shock at what's happened, that's part of beginning the grieving process of everything we lost in our childhood, all the innocence, all the love we needed, all the nurturing and care we missed, that's really important and it's okay to be angry and that's really normal. You know, none of this um, is going to hinder healing your inner child. You know, it's, it's just okay to be mad. It's okay to be upset. Give your child the permission. Don't 
put a smile on your face and pretend everything's okay like you probably have for years. It's not. What happened was horrible. And, you know, I know my parents, you know, they did the best they could. They were just two wounded adult children doing the best they could. And I'm also, you know, deeply aware that what's happened had life-damaging consequences and spiritually wounded and soulfully wounded me. And that means that, you know, it's time now as an adult to be able to grieve that and look at the dysfunction and the abuse that was in my family and know that I've got better coming my way now because I'm in control of the parenting and I'm in control of what I get to do for my person and my little my little person inside. My little Lena, my little. So love your little, it's so important. So number four is sadness. After hurt, what comes after hurt? And what's really at the core of anger is sadness and hurt. So many of us were victims and we have to grieve that. We have to be able to go in and grieve that. We have to grieve what might have been. We have to grieve the loss of so many of our hopes and dreams as a little child. And those, those moments that we miss that we can never bring back in those years. And we've got to grieve our unfulfilled developmental needs that were not met. That's a huge frigging loss. And I know it's one that I go in and out of and I get angry and I get upset and I think about, for example, if somebody had believed in me, what would I have done in high school or college had I went to high school? What would I have done if I did the traditional graduated from high school and went to a four-year or eight-year or 12-year degree? I, w I was interested in law school. I was interested in dance. I was interested in piano. I was interested in theater and art and all these wonderful, beautiful things for my person. And none of it was nurtured or acknowledged. And most of it was actually sabotaged by my mother in particular. Um, so there was a lot of sadness of what I didn't get there. But you know what's really friggin' awesome? <laughs> I'm going to fulfill it now. I'm going to go play now. I'm going to go have my women's circle now. I'm going to go be with other people that want to be creative. I'm going to allow myself to be creative. And even though I have a ton of physical ailments and disabilities, I'm going to work around those. And I'm going to just, I'm going to be me. I'm going to go soar and be free and discover all over again, whatever the heck I want to be, including going back to school if I want to. What do I want to be when I grow up? It's my choice now. So number five, let's talk about this. When we grieve for somebody who's died, we have remorse. Um, remorse is sometimes more relevant, for instance, when we wish we've spent more time with that person. But in grieving a childhood abandonment, you have to go back and help your wounded child see that there was nothing we could have done differently. So don't have remorse in terms of you didn't do anything wrong to deserve that. You couldn't have been a better child. Children are perfect just as they are. So please do not 
hold pain for that, that you could have done something different. Your pain is about what happened to you, and that is real and it is valid. And there is plenty of remorse that I have in my life. And I think of, for example, how I went through parenting my children because of ancestral trauma and all the trauma I had with me. And now my kids are in their 20s, and I'm seeing them have some struggles, which is a residual from all of my ancestral trauma. So the best thing I can do is heal myself right here and right now and watch how they watch me and live by example and not have remorse or shame for all I had was what I had. And I shouldn't feel ashamed of that. All I can do is move forward in where I'm at right now, right here today. So just being loving and understanding to myself. Number six, and this is one I know a lot of us struggle with too, is loneliness. We, a lot of us don't talk about it because it's, it's almost like we should be ashamed to say that we feel lonely. And I know that even having other people around me doesn't necessarily cure my loneliness. I'm married and have a dog, and that doesn't mean that because these people and animals are in my life or my children are in my life or friends are in my life, every day that I don't still have this really deep-seated loneliness that comes from all of this childhood trauma. You know, and the deepest core feelings of grief are toxic shame and loneliness. We often were shamed by our parents abandoning us or the things they did to us. We feel we were bad as if we were contaminated or, you know, that shame leads to this loneliness. Since our inner child may feel flawed or defective you know often we feel like we have to hide who our true self is or was back in those early days with a more adapted false sense of self basically to just fake it till you make it and get through the living hell and that's just a survival skill so there's nothing wrong with that but it doesn't serve us well in the adult world that we now are in. So we've got to come to identify with this false self and bring the true self back into the fold, our little person back in that remains so alone and isolated inside. So staying with this last bit of painful feelings is really the hardest part of grief is feeling lonely and alone. So it's hard to stay in that place of shame and loneliness. But as we carry on, and we embrace these feelings as they just are, we can come out on the other side of grief even better than before. And I'm literally starting to see glimpses of this after losing so much this last year just the last year. (laughs) I think about like 47 years and I went, wow, the magnitude of loss physically, financially, emotionally, with my health, with family members, with friendships, with marriages, children. Oh my God, it's amazing. It's amazing that I have done as well as I have. And so just giving yourself credit for, wow, I'm... I'm still standing upright, I'm still doing it, and I'm still in the fight to bring back my little person inside and bring them out to the light 
and let them just have joy and happiness despite everything going on. We can bring the little that's in hiding back out. And you can see that as we share ourselves little bits by little, little bits with ourselves and others, that we should just embrace it and trust that we can reach in and trust ourselves. And we can do this, this healing, all of us together. And I really do feel like doing it with other people and supporting one another has been huge too. So I'm just learning to reach out and look and see others as their own little person and just come to a place of understanding. So I know I've been pretty long-winded today because I've just been away from you all for so long and just really want to get back into helping everyone, including myself, and just sharing the things I've learned. So just know I'm sending so much love and kindness to all your littles. You guys are so lovely and special and wonderful and pure. Just go in and love that little person in there and keep doing it and keep doing the work and don't run away from it. It's painful and it's hard and it's uncomfortable, but you got this. Okay, I'm going to leave you with one last book I'm currently reading. It was advised by my current therapist. And so far, I'm really loving it because a lot of us, when we go back in to love our little, where in the Sam hell do you start when you don't have a parent, you know, infrastructure that is psychologically solid because neither of your parents, either one or the other or both, just didn't have the tools either. You think to yourself, well, how do I learn? Where do I learn how to be a good parent to myself? So I'm reading a book called Growing Up Again, Parenting Ourselves, Parenting Our Children. And this is the second edition by Jean Ilsley Clark and Connie Dawson. And I'll read you the back of it. It says, as time tested as it is timely, the expert advice in this book has helped thousands of readers improve on their parenting practices. Now substantially revised and expanded, Growing Up Again, offers further guidance on providing children with the structure and nurturing that are so critical to their healthy development and to our own. Jean Ilsley Clark and Connie Dawson provide the information every adult caring for children should know about ages and stages of development, ways to nurture our children and ourselves, and tools for personal and family growth. This new edition also addresses the special demands of adopted children and blended families the character of prenatal life in our final days, and the growing problem of overindulgence. And basically what this book does is it helps you go back and parent yourself as an adult, and it also helps you be a better parent to your own children, no matter what age and relationship stage you're in with them, because now you have a better understanding for yourself, a better forgiveness and kindness to yourself for where you came from, from your parents, and how you can pay this better learning and better care for yourself to your children and others around you. So it's really key and it's just kind of a great little toolbox to start out with. So if any of you can, you know, either download it in an audiobook or read it for yourselves, I think it's a great, great start. All right then. Well, I'm going to sign off for now, wishing you all the best. Please remember I'm on Instagram over at Ace Love Warrior. I also have a website I'm working on, so it's a work in progress, but it's acelovewarrior.com. Not really that great at this moment because I've 
really been out of the game with working on it since I was really sick and had so much going on this last six months especially so not too much out there right now but Instagram I'm starting to work on a little bit more and come back and check for updates on when my next podcast will be and I thank you for following and I appreciate any reviews you can give or feedback you want to share with me on topics especially that you might want to hear me cover I'd be glad to help you all so take care have a beautiful and blessed day and go love your little Bye-bye.